Hey guys. Hey guys. And welcome to episode 24 of A Strange Thing Podcast. I'm Mike. And I'm Austin. And we're your hosts for this great program. Yep. And episode 24 is kind of fun because it's the same number as the date of the night before Christmas. Known as Christmas, Christmas Eve. Eve. Yeah, that thing called Christmas the Eve. the night before Christmas. Yeah, yes. it was. Yeah. It was. You're right, it is. And it's episode 24. I think it would be cooler if this would have been episode 25. That would be cool. That would be like the day of Christmas. Yeah, but maybe we'll plant the visions of sugar plums and mysterious nefarious things and if not dancing fairies Ooh, fairies! Yes. because be fairies nice. can be very nefarious nefarious yep Solid. <laughs> okay anyway yeah. we're coming at you from the stranger the zone stranger zone yeah and we're gonna be talking about crazy christmas traditions i guess yeah i think since it's only fitting since is it the 12 days of christmas oh my today golly. is the 14th so today oh, is technically the, the number today's the 14th yeah, but it would be 11 days till Christmas. Well, no, because Christmas is on the 25th. So you've got the 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, 18th, 19th, 20th, 21st, 22nd, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're 12. We're on the 12 days. We are of on the 12 days of Christmas. This is the 12th grades of Christmas. I think podcast. this was destiny. Density. This was providential. Yes, it's perfect. <laughs> so, yeah, we thought we would take one little, episode off, a little diversion. Yep, rabbit trail. Away from the big guy, do. the big hairy man himself, mm -hmm. and run towards Christmas. And run towards the big jolly guy. The Father Christmas? Uh, Santa Claus. Oh, ho, Santa Claus. Ho, ho. Yeah, ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, Yeah. Ho. Ding, 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 ding. What's that? Here comes Santa Claus. Here, no, it's it's sleigh bells. Ding, ding, ding. Oh, sleigh bells. Uh, That's better. Yeah, you're better <laughs> at know. sound effects than I am. Yeah, <laughs> they don't. Ding anyway, as much as they rattle. And seeing that we're about strange things, we thought we would do an episode on strange Christmas traditions because there's a bunch of them. There are a ton of them from hanging socks above your fireplace, which actually makes a lot of sense to me because it's probably wet outside. And then there's other ones like putting your door, your your shoes outside your door, and then there's whipping. People with sticks. Well, and there's and there's hiding the pickle and there's <laughs> the Yule log, which uh, I don't quite get the whole Yule log thing. But yeah, I mean, it's it's really, really interesting. This time of year is full of traditions. It and is. every family's got their own thing. We make cookies on the, the 18th and then on the, you know, everybody's got yeah. different things that are so minute and specific. But there's some that are overarching between pretty right. much everybody. So basically what you're saying is we have family traditions. Everybody has their own family traditions mm -hmm. for the holidays. Maybe we should start out by Austin. What is a Christmas tradition that you remember that we used to do? Um, the most ridiculous and memorable holiday season activity and tradition that we have in our family is sleeping outside on New Year's. Yes. Now that is a totally weird thing. And I don't think a lot of people do that. <laughs> no. You know, I didn't even think about that. I mean, that is, yep. this is a shout out to your grandpa yep. and my dad, who for the last how many years? I think it's over 30 years. Yeah. He sleeps out outside on New Year's Eve. In his backyard without a tent, just on a tarp. Yeah, he'll sleep on, on a tarp. If whatever. it's snowing, he'll throw the tarp over the top of yep. him, but he just throws it out on the ground. <laughs> and he's only kept warm by his cat. Yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah, a whole herd of cats. And the random mice shooting across <laughs> yeah. the yard. Yeah. But he sleeps outside. And he's been doing that ever since I was a kid. Yeah, it's crazy. And he used to, like, 
try to get me to do it. And I did for a few years, but then yeah. I got smart. I think <laughs> when I got into high school, I was like, dad, you're crazy. You're weird. Yeah. But I, I, I slept out there with him a couple times. Um, usually end up going in at, you know, mm-hmm. 10, 30. <laughs> yeah. He was enough weird about it that he actually got uh, interviewed by the local News, TV station, yeah. KMVT. That was awesome. And it was really funny because my mom was there and my dad was there. And my dad invited the uh, news anchor lady to sleep <laughs> with him. Go sleep with him. Outside. Out under the tarp. Yeah. Not, not in that one. But we were all like, oh my gosh, dad just asked nice. the news lady to sleep <laughs> with him. got gay. He's got it going on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's yeah. probably the weirdest tradition I can think of. As a family. Thing. As a family thing. You know, like specific and maybe not something other people do. Or probably well, and another one we did that's kind of fun down that line is uh, man's giving. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we, we had that with a few of our friends. We would go out around Thanksgiving mm-hmm. and we would take our guns and rifles and handguns and anything explosive. And a big... And a bunch of, of beer and a mean, beer and, and ammunition and, and, yeah, and firewood mm-hmm. and go out in the kind of the desert and we would set up a little camp and we would set up targets and we would just spend the day being men. Yep. It was probably the coolest church group. Yeah. I mean, like it was a church group. Like, hey activity. guys from church, <laughs> we're going to meet out in the desert with a bunch of guns, bring your cigars and your beer <laughs> and we're going to have fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We went to the coolest church. Yeah. We did. <laughs> Church badassery. Yeah, but anyway, yeah. So that's another tradition that I think of uh, that's really kind of cool. And then there were weird traditions that we didn't celebrate that I I was um, subject to a couple times. Like I remember we lived in Salt Lake at the Mm -hmm. time and maybe we were staying in Twin Falls at this particular relative's house and they, they made like reindeer food. You know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen. Comet and Cupid, Donner and Blitzen. But do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Rudolph the red-nosed reindeer. Had oh, and it was like yeah. glitter and yeah. corn and... and- in oatmeal and and you like go sprinkle it on the yard and try to coax in and and i thought that was odd because it was like this is gross why would they eat glitter (laughs) (laughs) they're not unicorns yeah oh hey another one i just thought of Mm -hmm. um your brother-in-law um his family does a yearly thing where they go out golfing on is it thanksgiving day it's thanksgiving day thanksgiving day they go out golfing this crowd has gone deadly silent cinderella story out of nowhere, a former greenskeeper now about to become the Masters champion. Just so you know, here in southern Idaho, by Thanksgiving, it is very cold and sometimes cold, yeah. snow. Sometimes it's really nice. Yeah. Oh, you mean the weather here? Yeah, yeah. like it could yeah. be windy. It could be perfectly mm-hmm. nice and sunny and like it, it's hard to tell. 60 degrees. Yeah. You and, you know, and, and that's another reason why, just to mention my dad sleeping out on New Year's, Sometimes it's below zero. Oh, yeah. It's definitely cold, but it's always below freezing. But sometimes, I mean, it's been below zero before yep. and he's out there. And mom used to sit out, you know, stay awake at night, worried that he's going to freeze out there, yeah, especially when, when, you know, me or you were out there sleeping with him. So Idaho is a strange place. It's got strange weather. It's not very consistent. Well, I'm trying to think of some other kind of like niche ones that we, mm-hmm. you know, we can't deep dive into because they have no rhyme or reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I think of my uh, grandma, Terry. 
she used to bake a little birthday cake. Mm-hmm. And if if you guys know the Christian tradition, the whole the whole Christian meaning of Christmas is it's Jesus's birthday, birthday. It's the day yeah. Jesus was born. So, which she you would know take, probably isn't accurate in a, on not. a real calendar. But yeah. anyway, that's when we celebrate it, right? <laughs> she would take Jesus out of the little nativity scene, the little porcelain Jesus, <laughs> yeah. and she'd go like hide him somewhere, and then somebody would knock on the door and doorbell ditch the house, and there'd be a cake with baby Jesus, and he'd show up in the party. And stuff. Yeah, yeah, and your mom's kind of carried that on too. Yeah, she has. She's for the grandkids she will take baby jesus from the nativity and then somehow he ends up on the doorstep and the doorbell rings and the kids open the door and there's baby jesus from the nativity laying out in the it feels kind of weird doing that <laughs> it is a little bit but it, it kind of it's fun it's got good meaning yeah you know it's got a good uh intention it's got a good intention and it, it it's uh endearing mm-hmm. yeah that's cool you know one of the uh best christmas memories i can think of is uh Disgusting. So just so you know, <laughs> we are enjoying Guinness oh, yeah. Stout. And I, what are you drinking, Irish Death? I'm drinking Irish Death from A Strange Thing Podcast. Oh, yeah. Mug. Or M- glass. A glass, yeah, which is laser etched. And you can buy yours mm-hmm. online today. You know what's cool <laughs> about laser etching, Mike, is you can dishwash them, microwave them, do whatever you want. And that laser etching will never come off. It'll never fade. This is true. Okay. Back to our regularly... Regularly. Back to our regular, back to our regularly scheduled, <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled, I can't say it, you say it. Back to our regularly scheduled program. One funny Christmas memory. <laughs> so we, like I said earlier, we lived in Salt Lake. Yes. And we used to go down to Twin Falls for Christmas. Typically that's where all our family is. Yeah, yeah. And we uh, travel home for Christmas. And pretty much every year we'd stay at my dad's parents' house. Grandpa um, John, who, the guy who slept outside. Yeah, he slept outside and he had that little Orphan Annie poem we've, oh, we've yeah. mentioned quite a few times on this podcast. But I'd always sleep downstairs in the basement next to the wood stove, which he primarily used to heat his house. Yes. And, uh, um, yes. <laughs> yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he, he sure did. <laughs> um, yes he did yes he did <laughs> yeah he did and um i remember it was it was fairly regular that people would uh get stuck in snowdrifts. yes we lived kind of out in the country oh, yeah. big time out in the country and there was a canyon less than a mile away kind mm-hmm. of if you were to walk straight across his driveway you'd fall into a canyon mm-hmm. in less than a mile right so people would get stuck in these snowdrifts because of the way the wind would come across the canyon. Everything's yeah. flat, and then it would just build up and build up yeah. and build up. The road that ran in front of Dad's house, our house there, was a north to south road, mm-hmm. and the winds always blew from the west. Yeah. And in southern Idaho, it is very windy, and they say it's windy in southern Idaho because Utah sucks and mm-hmm. Montana blows. Nice. Just so you know. Anyway, <laughs> um, people would always get stuck, and then they'd not have anywhere to go. Particularly in front of Grandpa's house, I think because of those big trees, it kind of stopped well, the wind. And there was a dip. Too. Yeah, that big dip. So, and there was that big pasture. So all the wind would blow the snow across that pasture, and then it would pile up across the road mm-hmm. right in front of Dad's house. So that's where they would get stuck. Yeah. So it'd be Christmas. People are out partying or going to a party or whatever, and then they'd get stuck. And then they'd come over to Grandpa's house, and we'd go out and dig. <laughs> and then they'd 
we're stuck in the snow. And then yes. you'd dig them out and everybody'd be out there, but I'd be asleep downstairs. <laughs> yeah, it was nasty. Yeah. Uh, that happened. Yeah, I mean, anytime there's snow, that seems like it's something that happens. I got a Christmas story for you. A Christmas tradition story? A snow drift story. Oh. I was dating my wife at the time and uh, it was Snowmageddon, as yes. people around here have come to call it. It was what? Four years ago? Something like that. And we had the worst snow year we've had in a long time. And we were in Twin Falls, you know, doing basically exactly what we're talking about right now. Staying at my grandpa's house. for Digging people out of snow. Yeah. Yeah. And my wife at the time, girlfriend, had driven into Twin Falls from Jerome, which is very close. And she had stayed and done some Christmas activities with her family. And then she drove home late at night. And there was kind of a blizzard. It was windy. And uh, she got stuck. And she's like, hey, I'm stuck. Can you help me push me out? I don't know what to do, blah, blah, blah. So I got my big lifted 2500 HD Silverado and scooted on over there to help her get out of this little snow drift. It was a big snow drift. She was driving a Prius? Yes, she was driving a Prius. <laughs> a Prius of crap. She was stuck in the snow drift with three other cars and a snow plow was actually high centered. So that's, it was a bad snow drift. Yeah. I've never seen a snow plow get stuck. I get there and I park pretty far down because I don't want to get stuck too. And then I kind of walk, jog, whatever in the snow to all these cars that I can see the lights are just sticking out. It's like a scene from a movie. Mm-hmm. The snow's coming in at a, you know, 45, 45 degree, degree angle, angle yeah. and there's just lights sticking out all over different directions. And I'm running up towards these cars and this kid in gym shorts and a t-shirt's running towards me. And I'm like, well, this is weird. And he goes and he gets in my truck because I left it running thinking I could get Shelby in there. Uh-huh. And uh, he gets in the truck and he's like, you need to take me home. This guy's trying to get me. And I turn around and there's this guy in like a, like a, a construction worker's outfit behind me all of a sudden. And this guy's in my truck and they're like yelling. And apparently this is his uncle in the construction shirt and the other kid's high and doesn't want to go home because his parents will find out they're yelling and he's like hey you can't you know you can you can't just leave somebody out there man and i'm like you can't just chop into somebody's vehicle you can't do that he's like fair enough but he never got out so so i walked around to the other side of the car grabbed him kind of by the shoulder (laughs) and just kind of shoulder lifted him out of the truck and flopped him into the snow (laughs) And he's in shorts and a t-shirt or a tank top. And he just takes off running again. And the uncle's like, great. <laughs> and goes off running after him. <laughs> so I turned my truck off, locked it, helped Shelby get out of the snow, and then followed her home. And she made me a steak. <laughs> that was a really that was a weird story, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, That was not, New Year's Eve or Christmas Eve. I'm glad that's not a tradition. Yeah, that, was that, that would be bad. Although it would be kind of funny. Now, in hindsight, it's funny. At the time, it's probably like, what in the world yeah. is going on? Yeah. So that was my fun Christmas story. Well, that's weird that he, you know, that would freak me out too. Somebody just climbs up in your car and he's half naked in the middle of a snowstorm blizzard. Yeah, relatively half naked. Yeah. Everybody else is bundled up. He's in a t-shirt and shorts and cowboy boots. Well, on that happy note. <laughs> yeah, I don't have anything like that. I I can think of on Christmas. It was a good story. Let's talk a little bit about some uh, cultural types of things that, that people do in strange places for strange reasons. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh. So... This one, I was actually listening to a comedian, uh, Gaffigan. Oh, Jim Gaffigan. And he was talking about, I think he was doing a show in France or something. So he started talking about a couple of things when I heard <laughs> it. I, I didn't believe they were real. Did so he talk like that? Yes, he did. <laughs> I don't like it. 
<laughs> well, you won't like this because it was weird. I was watching this this uh, comedy special and mm-hmm. he started talking about this thing called the Kagane. 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 And I think that's how you pronounce it, but it's spelled C-A-G-A-N-E-R. So, I mean, I would call it like Kaganer. Kaganer. But it's, <laughs> I think they say Kagane. It is a weird thing. So it is basically a little figurine that goes in the nativity set. Mm-hmm. And it's usually a young kid. Okay. And it's a young kid. And I guess as his gift, he's he's basically pulled down his pants and he's pooping <laughs> in the middle of the nativity. <laughs> yes. And I'm, I'm not, you can get online, you can look at it. You can even buy these little things to put in your own nativity if you want. But it's called the Kagane. Yeah, and yeah, yeah, it's it's a it's a weird deal. So apparently this is really popular around uh, Catalonia in southern France. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, so it's just this figurine. And, it, and if you look it up, if you Google it, you'll get all kinds of pictures. Some you won't ever be able to unsee. unsee? Yeah. Does but it it's have funny. any meaning? Oh, yeah. You know, I don't know if it has any meaning or I don't even know what the exact origin is. Um, but it's existed, I think, since the 18th century. And I think, uh, from what I read, like on Wikipedia and stuff like that, that it was in the 17th century that this little pooping character actually made its way into the modern nativity set. Okay. Uh, at least in France. Which <laughs> France. When the nativity in France pulls down its pants. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so, like, the other thing that, that's over there, they have this log, mm-hmm. right? It's, a, it's just a log, and apparently it's hollow. And then the children, and I don't know when, I think they bring it in the house and they take care of it and stuff. And then like on Christmas Eve or something, they beat it with their, with sticks. Okay. Yeah, they hit it with a bunch of sticks and it poops things. It Out of the log comes <laughs> comes nuggets. The, the log <laughs> drops a log. Yeah, the log basically drops these little nugget logs. And um, anyway, it's a thing. It's a way that the kids get candy out of this, this log. They eat the poop candy? I think so. I think I think they. It's got like a cork in the back end, and then they pull the cork out, and then they hit it with the sticks, and it <laughs> makes these it's nuggets. Like a pinata, a yeah, pinata. Except for it's a it's an actual log that's been hollowed out, and there's like stuff that comes out of the back end of this thing, right? So somebody drilled a hole up there, stuffed <laughs> stuffed nuggets up inside of it, and then they corked it, and then they beat it with the stick until the nuggets start rolling out. And what's this called? It's called the cagatillo. Cagatillo. Cagatillo log, yeah. Okay. So they, it's a Catalan tradition, and they just beat this log until poop nuggets fall oh out of it. Yeah, so it's it's crazy deal. So anyway, there's even like a little uh, poem or song that the kids sing. Okay. And the song goes, some, I won't try to say it in French because I am I never took French, <laughs> but it says basically, poop log, log of Christmas, don't poop salted herring. <laughs> <laughs> they are too salty. Too salty. <laughs> but poop turons. <laughs> what? They are much better. <laughs> That's a turon. That's a song. I don't know. It must be the little uh, little sugar candy nuggets sugar that come out of the back thing. of this log that you beat. So, I mean, that's a weird thing. The cagatillo. The cagatillo. The cagatillo. I mean, yeah, those I French, they do some weird things. For the weirdest but, uh, no. Christmas tradition. So, that's a strange kind of, uh, I guess, cultural tradition that happens in France. 
Um, That's funny. I don't know. I've, I've got a couple more that are kind of funny. So one of them are from like a family that we knew down in Twin Falls. Okay. They had a tradition and it's a Christmas tradition that I think is German or Austrian kind of in, or maybe even Netherlands. At least Austrian. In origin. Yeah. And it's called Hide the Pickle. On the first day of Christmas, my best friend gave to me a pickle for my Christmas tree. A what? Whoa. Yeah. Nice. So basically, um, what you do is on Christmas Eve, you hide a pickle ornament. Maybe some cultures, maybe they hide a real pickle. Mm -hmm. But you hang or hide a pickle somewhere on the Christmas tree. And then in the morning, the kids get to get up and they get to try to search out and find the pickle. Like a real pickle or an ornament? I think for most people, it's not a real pickle. It's an ornament. But originally, it was a real pickle. Okay. Yeah. I think in time they make pickle ornaments now. Mm -hmm. So now you go, the kids get up, they run out and they're all excited. And if they find the pickle, they get an extra present. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So that's a weird one. That is weird. Now, Hide the pickle. I think I might have said this another time. Sounds like a euphemism. It sounds like you've mentioned that maybe yeah. last episode. The what? Did you mention that last I don't episode? Think maybe I said something about hide the pickle. The words hide the pickle sound like Eve. It does. It sounds like something naughty. Yep. Yeah, it's not nefarious, it's just naughty. Oh. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so hide the pickle. I did a little research on that because it was like that's so weird. You have to have some explanation. Weird. Yeah. Right? You can't just come no, up you with You can't just say that. You nonsense. can't just throw it out there and leave it. Well, you can if it's a pickle. But so <laughs> so oh, no. So the one of the legends, and and it's not verifiable, is that during the Civil War, mm -hmm. that there was a person who was on the opposite side of the war, like a, maybe it was a gray coat, and he went to the north and got captured or something, and he was starving. He was starving, and he, mm -hmm. he begged for the guard to just give him just one of his pickles. And so the guard that was guarding this prisoner gave him one of his pickles and it was enough to sustain him. And then later mm. when the war was over and the, the uh, gray coat got home. He told about the good guard that he, left the pickle. Yes. And, the that, Christmas and in memory of the guard and to say thank you and to keep mm -hmm. that positive energy going, they started hanging a pickle on the Christmas tree to remind them that at the darkest time that even your sworn enemy could still come through yeah. and gives you hope. And that ties in kind of a heartwarming thing where like you hear about soldiers, you know, in the trenches and then for, you know, Christmas mm -hmm. Day, they go eat dinner together or they... They That's kind of a call it a, a seasonal truce. Yeah. You know? Apparently, on Christmas Eve, there was a kind of a truce. And they went out and they actually, I think they played soccer or something together, the two. And then they went back to their trenches and the next morning, then they started shooting, shooting each, other. each other again. Like, hey, thanks for dinner. Yeah. Yeah. What a weird thing. I know. To be fighting and killing people that are just humans, but somehow there's a reason that you have to. You got to wonder if it changed the, the mercy shown to people. I sure hope so. Yeah. I like to. I like let's to get think off the darkness. Kind of yeah, what, you're the one that brought that one up. I just thought about the good side. Yeah, and let's get back to the fun stuff. Let's talk said about they woke up and shot each other. Let's talk about pooping logs and stuff like uh, that. Yeah, that's, that's way fun. more funny. Yeah. I laughed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a strange tradition. Um, I'm trying to think of any others. You got any other weird traditions? I know there's a bunch of them out there. Weird traditions. Well, there's the base. I mean, like you can do 
the typical ones like Santa Claus. Mm-hmm. That's a weird tradition just to have an intruder in your house and that be okay. <laughs> well, what about well let's let's take the Yule log. The Yule log. The Yule log is a I strange know the same, What is this so those two words together? I don't know what anything is, about that. What is a Yule log? And apparently in old Nordic traditions, they would burn a log and it was done in conjunction with the winter solstice. So it was a way in kind of a pagan kind of ceremony that they would they would celebrate the winter solstice. And now from the start of the winter solstice on, the days are going to start getting lighter and mm-hmm. longer. And so what they would do is they would go out and they'd chop down a tree to mark the uh, winter solstice. Mm-hmm. They'd bring it inside and they would burn it piece by piece over the next 12 days to celebrate that the days are going to start getting longer and longer, more and more light, right? Do you think that's where people started putting trees in their house for Christmas? Uh, the origin of the Christmas tree? I don't know. We'll okay. get there and we'll talk about that strange <laughs> tradition in a minute. But so anyway, yeah, they'd bring this tree in, they'd burn it slowly, and then at the end of 12 days, they w- if they had any left, they would actually take the log and they'd put it somewhere in the house and keep it safe. And then they would bring it out, light it first the next year. Mm-hmm. And then they would um, slowly light another Yule log from it or another uh, tree. Is it like the kindling? Or yeah. And then they would start the process again. Crazy. And they do it year after year after year. Now, there were different ways that people did it in different places. Mm-hmm. Um, but that was like the Nordic tradition. And that's the oldest one Crazy. From, from what I understand. I mean, you can Google this stuff. There's a lot of kind of contradictory information. But most people agree that it was an old Nordic kind of pagan ceremony. That's weird. Yeah. And I, I, I know about the Yule log. I hear that term. Mm-hmm. And uh, like on uh, Christmas morning, pretty much in, my wife was doing it the other day while we were wrapping the presents. But uh, we'd go to the like Pandora station or the Netflix channel or whatever on our TV. It, it's called Yule log. And it's just mm-hmm. a fire and uh, some Christmas music in the background. Hey, what is the definition and origin of Yuletide Carol? On the website miriam-webster.com, they say, In modern use, the word Yuletide is occasionally invoked as a synonym for Christmas. Yuletide is the much older of the two words. Its first half, Yule, derives from an Old English noun, Geol. Both Geol and its etymological cousin from Old Norse referred to a midwinter pagan festival that took place in December. Wowzers. Wowzers. <laughs> so I guess that Norse pagan ceremony was called Jule. Or Jewel. Yeah. Jewel. And it actually had that name. So there you go. Crazy. Yeah. Thanks, Google. Thank you. So, <laughs> and some other things I remember about Yule Log is that like in England, they had a similar thing, but the Yule Log was called the Mock. The Yule Mock. M-O-C-K. And the log would be dried out and then the bark would be taken off and then they would burn it over 12 days. I mean, it was the same custom. So I'm not the most cultured individual, but... Uh, how long was like the menorah, the the Jewish Hanukkah candelabra. candle candelabra supposed to burn for? Well, I think it burned. I think um, seven days up until Hanukkah, mm-hmm. which was also called the Festival of Lights. Did did it burn on Hanukkah too? You know, I think you lit the last one and it stayed lit. One for each night, they shed a sweet light to remind us of days long ago. Okay. Yeah, so the story behind that is, uh, I think it was the Maccabean Revolt. They only had enough oil in their lampstand for one night. 
But miraculously, the oil lasted and lasted and lasted. It lasted for seven full nights. Huh. So that's why they call it the Festival of Lights. They have a historical event to kind of documenting this whole revolt oh, or whatever. Yeah, this is a long standing tradition. BC. Yeah. I mean, like. Yes, totally. Old. Yes. But uh, right. the Yule Log, it, you know, you bring it into your house and you're using it to light and keep your house for an extended period of time. It draws a little bit of parallelism just... The, the, the idea of one object bringing light to your house mm. for an extended period of time. You know, it's interesting. A lot of the traditions that we find out, they're pagan in origin. They have similarities or changed into the modern day Christian mm. kind of traditions like the Yule Log today and others, mm-hmm. and including the Christmas tree, which we're going to talk about that in a little bit too. But the Jewish holiday of Hanukkah and the Festival of Lights predates that. Um, And it's also, yeah, and it's something that's very family oriented, very fun. It's it's a a very uh, celebratory thing. Mm -hmm. It's about provision and uh, God's goodness and those kind of things. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. Those are cool traditions. And I I want to be careful because we started talking about strange traditions. And I don't necessarily think that's strange in a bad way. Strange isn't a bad thing. Right. It's strange in a surprising way. Yeah. Yeah. Unexpected, abnormal. Yeah. So there you go. So without further ado, maybe we should go on to the next uh, ancient Nordic kind of tradition, the uh, Christmas tree. Yeah. And we kind of mentioned it. I mean, you're bringing this Yule log into your house. It's an entire tree, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was in certain areas in France, they would bring in the whole tree and you had to have a big hearth to start burning one section at a time. And I think about how we string lights around our whole tree. And how that kind of looks like the trees being burned down. I mean, yeah, you know, these little pockets of fire and ember mm-hmm. kind of um, combusting across the entire tree. I mean, well, that's kind yeah. of where that comes from. And you know, what's really funny is that uh, some of the first examples of Christmas trees actually did have that, but it literally went up in flames because they did not have electric lights or LED lights. Or they common would, sense, it sounds they like. Would, they would strap on candles inside the tree branches. Wow. To provide the light. And, poor, uh, yeah. poor decisions. Well, hopefully they cut them down when they were really fresh and really wet. So they probably weren't, at least initially, not explosively, volatilely flammable. Right. You know, because uh, that would have been bad. Yeah. yeah. So let's get on the Christmas tree since okay. we're kind of talking the about it. Ashrith pole. So the history of the Christmas tree is really interesting. As far as like people can figure out, this started way, way long ago. And basically it started because on December 21st or the shortest day of the year or winter solstice, whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. um, people would recognize from that day forward, days would start getting longer again. Right. And so there was a lot of mythology around that. Like the ancient Egyptians believed that Ra would overcome his illness at that time and he would start getting better. Mm. And so to celebrate, Egyptians and other cultures at that time would take foliage that was green all year round. So Mm -hmm. in the winter, it was still green. And they would basically adorn their abodes with evergreen. Makes and sense, so, yeah, yes. they would bring in these green foliages from different kinds of plants. It right. would remind them that spring was on the way. Right. So like even in the dead of winter, the green is coming. It's, it's, right. it's the one stronghold that reminds you of the future. Right. And it's hope, you know, and I think we kind of do the same thing now, mm-hmm. like around the winter solstice. Um, it's dark and it's dreary and it's cold yeah. and everything's dead. And people nowadays are dealing with like seasonal.
seasonal depression or right and it could have been just a very ancient form of dealing with that i guess mm -hmm. yeah probably and what do we do now we don't bring well we do bring evergreens in in christmas mm -hmm. types of traditions we put lights on the front of our yeah. houses you know something to add hope and change light. our screensavers to something tropical or right something. yeah it's just one of those things where you need hope in this time mm -hmm. of year because it's too cold to be outside in a lot of climates especially this year yeah it is cold this year there's a well that you know there's just you, people need hope oh with covid yeah, yeah there's a lot everybody's of just cooped up covid the election winter it's all coming together at a head can you answer me this question real quick sure who won the election <laughs> What happened? I don't know. We're still waiting. Although Are we really waiting. Ninety-five percent of the world says that the election's over, and maybe five to fifty percent say that it's not. I don't know. I'm just keeping my head down and my nose out of it because yep. I get frustrated. And so I don't even. I don't. You know, I get on Facebook. I don't even look at the posts if yeah. they're political because don't I don't want to stress myself. <laughs> it's I'll I'll do that later. Yeah, stress later. I'll do that in the summer and the spring when yeah, hope when is... you can go camping, <laughs> right? Boating yeah. and shoot carp. Exactly. <laughs> but yeah. So anyway, so people, you know, would develop these customs to help them through the darker times of the year. And uh, so anyway, that came through. And then later, the whole idea of the Christmas tree and and the same kind of using greenery to symbolize new life was also really popular in like the mystery religion of the druids and also in uh, norse traditions where they would bring in the tree or the yule log mm -hmm. um, it was the same kind of thing now by the 16th century and i i guess it's probably kind of a, a legend or rumor Mm -hmm. But that Martin Luther, the great reformer, right. he is supposedly credited with the first person that attached lights to a Christmas tree. Okay. And apparently what it was, the story goes that he was walking home and was admiring God's handiwork up in the heavens. Mm -hmm. And he loved the stars that were so bright. And when he got home, their Christmas tree, they thought, hey, let's put lights in the Christmas tree. And the lights they had at the time were candles. So they would take candles and they would hang them in the Christmas tree and light them. And that would be uh, like the symbol of the stars in the sky. That seems super dangerous. Very, very dangerous, especially... <laughs> <laughs> a pine tree, like uh, a tamarack fir, just... Yeah, right? Hopefully they were wet, like we said earlier. They yeah. were very, very fresh. Yep. Every morning you got to wake up and douse the tree with <laughs> a spritzer of water. Oh, man, it's crazy. Yeah, that scares me. It mortifies me. Mm -hmm. But anyway, I'm afraid to leave my lights on my Christmas tree on when I'm like going to bed or yeah, leaving the house. Yeah, me too. That might short or something. Yeah, just yeah. one little thing, like one little ornament gets too hot. And yeah. <laughs> Well, what's really interesting about the Christmas tree through history is so you go from there to where this was actually imported into the United States, like in the 1800s, right? Mm -hmm. This idea. And the Germans being the uh, people that they are, they brought the uh, whole tradition of the Christmas tree into America. And because we were quite religiously rigid at that time, mm -hmm. the uh, people in the uh, founding colonies weren't too excited about Christmas trees. They thought they were a pagan origin, and they thought that they were not something that was needed. In fact, Christmas should be celebrated with nothing other than your mind and your heart. Ooh. And so they Boy. they made laws that outlawed the Seriously? any kind of adornment for Christmas paraphernalia. Whoa. Yeah. 
whether it would be the mistletoe. Nice. Or it would be Christmas trees or it would be anything, you know, boughs of holly on the on the hearth. All of that was like a no-no. Donning your gay apparel. Yeah. It was all a, a flashback to pagan origins, mm. which, you know, honestly, they were probably correct. Origin-wise, origin wise, yeah. that's probably where they came. Thought-wise, that wasn't what they were thought of. Yeah. An object is kind of what you make it. Yeah. Beauty's in the eye of the beholder. Right. Other stereotypical boring sayings. Unless you are extremely rigid in your religious pursuit, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you get into all kinds of that kind of stuff. <laughs> but, um, so yeah, in the early 1800s, I think that's when it kind of started catching on in the Americas. And then you found cities that would actually have like a formal Christmas tree in the city square or whatever. And uh, so it kind of caught on. So like in Europe, in the middle of the 1800s, Mm-hmm. Um, you had Queen Victoria, who was like the first queen to bring a Christmas tree into the house, decorate it, and then actually had a postcard made and sent it out featuring a Christmas tree on it. Bold. Yeah. Prior to that, I mean, you were kind of in dangerous territory because you could be mm-hmm. pagan or, you know, doing things that you shouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, here in the United States after that, from like... Uh, that's just a place to put your presents, man. Yeah. Mid-1900s on, I mean, Christmas trees have gone gangbusters. It's gangbusters. a huge business. And just a little side tidbit. Mm-hmm. Do you know that Christmas trees are grown in all 50 states in the Union? What does that mean? It means they grow them on Hawaii and all of the other states in the United States. Okay. Okay. Crazy, huh? That's crazy. I guess it's easier to grow them in Hawaii than to try to ship them to Hawaii. I guess that's true. Yeah. Well, do they have like a little artificial snow greenhouse? I don't know. They use an evergreen type of tree. They have pine over there. So Palm tree. Yeah. Some kind of evergreen thing. Cool. Yeah. So there's our Christmas tree tradition. I thought that was yeah. pretty cool. You know, it's weird. So, I mean, you go straight from Christmas tree, you go into Santa. Ho, ho, ho. And the history of Santa is long and mm-hmm. convoluted. Well, everybody knows he was St. Nicholas. He was a little baby that was dropped off. Everybody's watching. Jingle, jingle, jingle. You will hear my sleigh bells ring. I am old Chris Kringle. I'm the king of jingling. That's the stop action kind of... Chris Kringle. The, uh, the, uh, the heat miser. Thank you. Crazy, silly story of it. Yeah. But St. Nicholas was an actual person. He was. From the little bit of research I did, I didn't do much. I will start with that preface. But at the time, you'd have to have like a uh, a dowry to, to wet off your children. Your daughter. Your daughter, yeah. So this guy had three daughters and he couldn't afford to wed them out. And at the time, it wasn't. A, a world where it she was a single working lady who was independent and strong. It was like she was a whore or she got married. Mm. Or she was considered a whore and she got married. And this priest, kind of knowing the situation of this man who had three daughters. This was St. Nicholas? Yes, this was St. Nicholas. He, oh, you he, solved the mystery for me. That's why he goes around and says, ho, ho, ho. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> oh, <laughs> <laughs> we, th- we figured oh something out. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Three hoes. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> just, just, anyway. Sense all of a sudden. Um, 
so he was able to, because of his wealth, because of his, you know, his inheritance, he was able to provide this guy with his with enough money to get his daughters wed off to these other people, mm-hmm. so that they were, you know, they weren't yeah. considered. Towards they had hope. They had a future. Yeah, they, yeah. He gave them a future, right? And he was able to do that. And he tried to do it discreetly. And kind of the little bit of research I did, he uh, threw little bags of gold over their wall. Huh. And in one story, maybe the 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 bag he threw over the wall of this guy, maybe it bounced down the chimney, and and Saint Nicholas came down. Are the you chimney. making this up? I'm uh, not. This is, this is what this I've is heard. like ringing as like you <laughs> about you This is what I've heard. You. Or maybe they hung their stockings out to dry, and one happened to land in the stocking. And if that's kind of where some if of these. You, <laughs> if you say yeah. that you're kidding me. You're going to be big trouble. I'm going are off you, of some stuff you, that I've Are you crapping me? Are you crapping me? I've spent my time trying to figure out something you, to help you're with saying, this You're saying this is legit? This is legit okay. as far All as right. my knowledge. Okay. I I'm, wasn't there. I'm going to hang with you. No, I mean, I'm. you're not making this up. I did not. I did not make oh, this okay, up. Okay, okay, okay. I'm not the one who made this All up. Right. Well, then continue. If you That's have all I'm saying. Is maybe <laughs> okay. maybe some of these. So there was an origin of a Saint Nicholas who was a Nicholas somebody or something other Nicholas Claus or whatever his name was, and he later became a saint because he started doing good things. He was a man that had money and privilege, and he shared that wealth with people in yes. need. And I think okay. the story of giving gifts of of a, from random comes from him um, bl- trying to bless people in a time of need in his uh, wealth. Yeah, you know, that's an interesting story. So I've heard stories of uh, St. Nicholas. I didn't realize that he actually is known to have originated or was born or lived in like like in the 3rd century or 2nd century AD, like 290 or something. Right. Is that right? I don't know. But he was, I mean, it was. it's not like something that was just, you know, over two or 300 years. This is like almost... 2000 years ago. Well, yeah, it's a very old years ago. Shindig yeah. going down. And I think if I'm thinking right, it was like out of like a Turkey or someplace like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So he's this guy and he was a good guy. And he, yeah, it, it kind of starts with he was a saint, right? Or as he, as he performed his, his acts of kindness and his mm-hmm. duties and his miracles, that's when he becomes a saint, right? But um, yeah, he, he was this very old Catholic monk who yeah, monk. devoted his life to charity and, and kindness. And I think there was a little bit of a uh, an anonymous effect that he tried to not tried take to credit for he didn't, he didn't want to be like, oh, you know, last weekend, our father who art in heaven, I gave a million dollars to this family in need. He was yeah. like, he was very like, just, you know, kind of hand grenade yeah. his gold over the wall and... And hope that they found it and hope that they used it in a good way that blessed them. Oh, okay. So, he, so, wasn't, he wasn't all showy. Well, no. you know, I like that. I like that idea of yeah. Santa Claus. I like it better than that he was raised by elves. And I do like the Rudolph Threadnose Reindeer uh, version of Santa Claus, although he was kind of ignorant SOB. You know, Who, Rudolph? Yeah. No, Santa Claus. He yeah. judged Rudolph because of his nose, actually mocked him. I didn't like that. Rudolph, Rudolph, please, could you tone it down a bit? I mean, that nose of yours. Uh, yeah. Even as a kid, I remember, man, that wasn't very nice. Right. I hear that there's actually a, a kind of a boycott of that, of Rudolph the oh Red-Nosed Reindeer. Because he wasn't nice to Rudolph. <sighs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that's a, a different Santa Claus story. Right. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Santa Claus is weird. What about mistletoe? 
Mistletoe? Where did mistletoe come from? I don't from? know. Nothing about that. I like the idea of mistletoe that you get yeah. to go out and like, if there's a hot babe underneath it, oh, you can kiss him. Yeah. Oh, by gosh, by golly, it's time for mistletoe and holly. But is that like, I don't think that's very politically correct either. What? So you're going to go lay one on a lady who's standing unknowingly underneath a piece of a tree branch. Mm -hmm. And if you kiss her, it's supposed to be okay. I don't think so. I don't think any modern woman's going to go for that. Unless, unless the guy was, you know, Prince Charming and really handsome. Otherwise, me. (laughs) Am I right? (laughs) Yeah. Otherwise it's going to be like, no, can't do that. And I don't blame him. I wouldn't want, or what if it's a guy under there? Can a I girl mean, can a girl go up and kiss a guy, on... or can another guy go up and kiss a guy? I mean, is it like free? Game? What if it's a horse? Can you go up and kiss a horse under the mistletoe? I mean, it makes you think, right? It does I mean, where's the line? Yeah, where's the line? Where does it say that it's okay? I mean, I, I'm just thinking. And is a horse different than a dog or a goat mm-hmm. or a cat? I think some. I think do not kiss a cat. Totally man made. Totally a dude made that probably yeah. had a girl in mind, and he just thought what can i do i want to kiss this girl how can Mm. i do it and he's like oh i know i'm going to hang a bush above the door and when she walks in i'm going to point at and say oh because you're underneath that bush i get to kiss you in the mouth i'm guessing his name was jeff (laughs) probably jeff what was her name cynthia cynthia yeah Yeah. and he threw a party Mm. right jeff's like hey cynthia me me and my friends are me and my friends are gonna have a party this weekend and i was hoping you're gonna come in it's gonna be a christmas party and we're gonna have a lot of fun (laughs) <laughs> he just said it just like that just like that and his parents went out of town for christmas and he was supposed to take the family van with all the presents in up uh, later so jeff had cynthia over and a lot of other people but he didn't tell anybody else but cynthia about the mistletoe that he hung over the door uh, and then and in my and he was like hey cynthia hey cynthia have you ever heard that little bit of a story about the thing called mistletoe it's like a little bit of a berry covered flower that you gotta make out with somebody who's underneath it with you and that's me so that's a really weird story that's my that's, that's your unofficial yeah. explanation well let's look jeff at has no self-confidence and cynthia is attractive and she <laughs> plays volleyball well let's look at the real origins <laughs> of mistletoe all right sounds good the thing about mistletoe is that is an evergreen kind of plant mm-hmm. and it can bloom all year round including in the winter nice and because of that the ancient druids like long long time ago the ancient druids saw that as a symbol of vitality and uh fertility and they basically used it and prescribed it for all kinds of ailments and stuff like that and and uh, basically good luck and good omens so it's kind of like a witch doctor yeah yeah originally and also in norse mythology it had that same kind of evergreen kind of mystique Mm -hmm. and uh, it was also tied into a lot of the mythologies of nordic tradition right including odin and what was the wife's name of frigg and it was frigg or somebody like friggin women yeah the (laughs) goddess of love frigg she made mistletoe a symbol of happiness and joy and so that's where the whole you know the good side of mistletoe came through wow well, you know, it's interesting because mistletoe was used to treat infertility mm-hmm. or impotence. It was it was an aphrodisiac. It was something that would like get people in the mood, you know? Right. That's so very weird. Yeah. People have been obsessed with sex since the beginning of time. <laughs> and so, yeah, mistletoe, it's a weird thing. It has the same kind of weird 
ties to ancient Celtic druids and Norse mythology. And I don't know, a lot of this stuff, the more you get into it, has that kind of origin. Yeah, a lot of it's very pagan. Very pagan. I keep wanting to say manipulated, but used in a way to kind of swing Mm -hmm. it to a Christian narrative. Well, and you think about a lot of our stories and mythologies, they work that way. Mm -hmm. You know, they start out as one thing for one purpose, but then... If it's a popular story, then it's changed and mutated until something that means something for that day. It's modernized. So let's take something so basic and something we've talked about as Bigfoot. Like, yeah, we can relate it to Native Americans and we can relate it to the pygmies and, and all these other people who are cannibal tribes and hairy tribes and all these other little groups and pockets of mystical creatures that are hairy and big or mm-hmm. or abnormally small even fairies or gremlins or goblins mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call them and they all kind of relate you know whether it's pagan Norse Native American whatever and you can kind of swing them into a narrative that is either Christian yeah you can you can make it uh, more user friendly for whatever tradition that you feel comfortable with right which makes you think that maybe these aren't like uh, just random thoughts that people are having all over the world but maybe they all have a center um, that is similar you, you mean know? the same start yeah they all have the same start you would say Genesis. Mm-hmm. But maybe they all come from the same place. Like maybe they are Christian. Maybe they are pagan. Maybe they are whatever. Mm-hmm. And whatever suits your narrative, honestly. Yeah. And you can tie that into so many things, I think even including Christmas. It is interesting that you can, you know, you were talking about these traditions and mythologies of Bigfoot or hairy creatures. And now we can swing that all the way around into one of the probably the most popular non-Santa Claus stories. Mm-hmm. That's popular at Christmas and it's gaining in popularity. This is becoming a big deal. And if you've listened to the radio or any other podcast, you're going to hear this name. Do you got a cramp? I got a Krampus. Oh no, I got, I a, got Krampus. a Krampus in my thigh. <laughs> here comes Krampus, here comes Krampus. Yeah, 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 yeah. Here comes Krampus, here comes Krampus. Yeah, 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 yeah. He will put you in a barrel, hit you with his sticks. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. So we've got a giant hairy bipedal creature Mm -hmm. called Krampus who just happens to be the new old thing. New old thing. Yeah, he is very popular right now. In the new old fashioned way. There you go. Krampus, the new old fashioned way. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) He has ancient origins, Mm -hmm. but right now he has just exploded in popularity. Yeah. This creature mythology character is really popular. He's really popular in the Netherlands right now. Mm -hmm. They have, uh, they call it Krampusnacht. Krampusnacht. Krampus night. Mm-hmm. And people go and they get drunk and they dress up like Krampus and they uh, go down and they parade through the streets and get I, naughty. Yeah, I heard they like whip people with twigs and yeah and switches and stuff. They do. So describe Krampus. From my understanding, and I did like a very cursory kind of research thing. Uh-huh. I mean, just Google images, Google and like movies came up. Yeah. Like a couple of years ago, there was a movie, I think it was just called the legend of Krampus or right. Krampus or something, mm-hmm. but he's kind of like a goat legs. Mm-hmm. He's got cloven hooves. He's got horns. He's very devilish, demony looking mm-hmm. guy. He's very hairy, um, abnormally tall, maybe 
He's he's the counterpart to Santa. And so he's got horns, mm-hmm. which is very interesting. Very Wendigo. Yeah, Wendigo, which is a tie to our Native American uh, mythologies that yeah. we went over before like, as we were leading into Bigfoot. The cannibal, if you eat human flesh, you might become a Wendigo that would never satisfy its hunger for human mm-hmm. flesh. And you'd run around and you'd eat babies and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff, mm-hmm. which similarly, Krampus. Krampus. He does bad things to young children and mm-hmm. babies. Especially the naughty ones. The naughty ones he can drag off to hell mm-hmm. or he could eat. And the ones that are just kind of naughty, he just beats with a stick. Krampus will literally make you like a cagatillo and beat the shit out of you. <laughs> I would say it more like this. That Krampus will beat the poop out of you like the cagatillo log. That poops out candy. Except for I don't think the little kids that are getting whipped by Krampus are pooping out candy. candy. No, I think candy. they're doing the real thing. It's uh, disgusting. Yeah, it's a gross, disgusting thing. You can kind of tell we're, we're starting to hedge out. We're moving back towards Bigfoot because we're going <laughs> to pick up on our Bigfoot episode. But Krampus is weird. He is very weird. So he's very ancient. You can trace him back to basically the same kind of weird Celtic and Nordic kind of mythology of this half goat, half demon character that had a brother who was known as hell in Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. And so part of what he does is he takes the really bad children to hell. Yeah. And I think he takes them for a year. Yeah, something like that. And he yeah. brings them back or... Some. The ones that are kind of horribly eat. A thing. And he beats them with a switch, like a yeah. like a, a brush. Mm-hmm. Or he eats them. The bad ones. Yeah. The really, really bad ones. And the ones that he doesn't take to hell and he doesn't eat, apparently he whips with the sticks. Yeah. And then, you know, so you're naughty. And then parents would put pictures of, of Krampus up on the wall to remind them that... If they were naughty, Krampus was going to come for them. And he would come for them on December 6th. Which um, is the day people celebrate the Kris Kringle or uh, St. Nick. St. Nick yeah. delivery of gifts. So this uh, St. Nicholas holiday, St. Nicholas night, I think. Yeah, or, yeah. December not, 6th. But they would they would put their shoes outside their door. And they would potentially have St. Nicholas come and put gifts around their, their shoes outside mm-hmm. their door. Hmm. If their shoes were clean, if they were a good kid. And I think if they were bad, that's where the, kind of the coal comes from. St. Nicholas wasn't necessarily giving them coal. Krampus would come Krampus and bring coal coming. from hell. Yeah, I think Krampus, the coal was the lighthearted version of Krampus. Maybe. Where or, instead of your punishment being a demon is going to break in through your door, grab you, and take you to hell in a basket and beat you with a wooden stick. Mm-hmm. He's going to give you some coal. Positive versus negative reinforcement. reinforcement. (laughs) I never heard that story of Krampus when I was growing up. I never Mm -mm. knew it. I mean, never. it was never a thing. Yeah. Not even once. Mm -mm. And uh, now, you know, you hear it and it's like a big deal. People think it's it's big fun. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know, man. I think anytime you mess around with those kind of nefarious kind of things, it's a little scary. It's a little spooky. 
especially where they actually attribute it to a real demigod especially um, from Nordic, you know, mythology. Especially if you're going to expose your kids to it. Yeah. So, I mean, with my kids, I would much rather open their minds up to you be good and maybe this perfect, kind, gentle person will bring you gifts mm-hmm. than if you be bad. The devil's going to come into your room. Yeah. And he's going to grab you. He's going to smash you up and throw you in a basket <laughs> and take you to hell and beat you with a stick mm. until he decides whether or not he's going to eat you. Yeah, that's not good. Yeah. yeah, it's a little weird. So, you know, <laughs> honestly, if I am being 100% uh, open on mm-hmm. this, the whole idea of Santa Claus and Krampus to me, I don't like I've never been a fan of Santa Claus. I mean, as a little kid, you know, looking for Rudolph in the sky, you know, and all that kind of stuff. I thought that was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But if Christmas, now we're just taking Christmas here. But if it's really supposed to be the birth of Jesus. Right. Right. And then now I'm actually at Christmas time, I'm teaching things about this this guy named St. Nicholas or Santa Claus, who isn't even the St. Nicholas that had the good reputation back in like 290 A.D., Mm-hmm. You know, for helping people in need. Yeah. But Indeed. he's just a guy that goes around and for good kids, he gives them presents. And if they're bad kids, they don't get one. And then Krampus is about going around. And if you're a good kids, he doesn't do anything to you. But if you're a bad kid, he beats you with a stick or maybe eats you if you're really bad or takes you to hell. That has nothing to do with the idea of Christmas in my mind from a Judeo-Christian perspective. And it's weird how we got there. It, 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 but it kind of comes back to some of the things that I've mentioned. And it's kind of like where, you know, mom and dad are, are just exhausted. And it's Christmas season and yeah, there's fun coming up. And yeah, there's, there's mm-hmm. this winter solstice and, and, and you're going to have a party or there's the whatever. And we're lighting the Yule log. But you're getting out of hand, kid. Well, I think I get it. I think what you're trying to say is that for our own sanity and for the well-being of our family, coming up with a way to help children be good, mm-hmm. reward them for being good, to have something to look forward to when the nights are long and the days are short and it's cold outside, but they're forced to be inside, you know, finding ways to make that bearable. And that's a valid reason to have these kinds of celebrations. And I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so in my mind, I, I become a little bipolar in the way I think about Christmas. I do enjoy thinking of the Christmas story and the idea of hope coming back into the world, light coming back into the world, um, peace, joy, that things are going to be okay. So from my Christian perspective, that's what I think of when I think of the the gift of the Messiah, mm-hmm. right? But that's also the kind of thing that we parallel when we give good gifts to those we love and we care about. Right. So I think it it's not a bad thing. What I think is kind of weird is when you get so focused on these non-good stories. Right. And then in those non-good stories, I think are an act of leverage. Like we talked about how... Um, maybe Sasquatch is just a Native American tale or the Wendigo to not do bad things, not um, resort to cannibalism. Or and we not talked go about water fairies, don't and, go by the water. And water babies. Right. Yeah, don't go by the water. Mm-hmm. And then around Christmas time, 
you're stuck in a house. I mean, mm-hmm. these people, especially in the Nordic environment, they're 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 stuck in their little their building, their their family, their commune, whatever, mm-hmm. and and they can't get out and they can't go hunt. They can't. They're getting cabin fever, if you will, you know. And uh, they're they're coming up with things, you know. Be good, you know. I do that with my kids all the time. If you're good at the store today, mm-hmm. I'm I'm sick of it today. If you're good today, I will buy you. That, that little yeah. kinder egg on the way out at the checkout stand. Sure. You know, and he'll be good <laughs> or he'll be bad and I won't get it for him and he'll be sad. Mm-hmm. So you're saying it's basically a control mechanism. I Possibly. Think, I There's think, some I of that to like it. like Krampus. I mean, that's, I mean, he's a very good way to control people. He, and whether I, or not he was based off of a, a real person, a real terrifying entity. monstrous beast. Mm-hmm. Or he was a terrifying monstrous beast. He was, he was used mm-hmm. to to keep their kids in line the same way I do at the grocery store or the mm-hmm. same way I do at home. Like if if you're good all year, if you're good during this time of cabin fever, then Krampus won't drag you to hell. Or mm-hmm. Santa Claus will bring you some gifts. You know? All of these things, if you think about it, they have those that kind of mechanism mm-hmm. um, incorporated, which is... It gives you hope. It gives you something to look forward to. It it helps you maintain your life until the season is over, until spring comes or whatever it is. So every one of those has hope built into it, but it also has a little bit, and a few of them, has some negative reinforcement, which is right. here's a penalty if you don't. Exactly. That That's the Krampus. And that's the Krampus part or the coal in the stocking thing or whatever, whatever yep. it is. I find that kind of interesting as we're hedging back towards Bigfoot. But I also think there's an origin story here that is similar to all the origin stories of all the giants and all the cannibals and all the the Bigfoot and Sasquatches and Wendigos. Mm. And that is that there are, in ancient lore, a commonality of these strange creatures across the entire surface of the planet, separated by continents. That have different modes of winter and summer, so they can't just be all based right. on the winter solstice, the solstice or yeah, yeah. I mean, how would you explain that in like South America, right? Or if you're on the equator, there's none of that. It's, so it's a little less obvious, yeah, for sure. It's weird that you have the origin of these stories, including Krampus, that is somehow this hybrid offspring of a demon, or you know, in Krampus' case, a goat mm-hmm. and a demon. Or he's a Bigfoot, or he's the uh, offspring of Odin and Frigg, or, you know, name your half deity, Zeus. No, not Zeus. He's not a half deity. He's a full deity. Yes. Hercules. 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 (laughs) Name your half deity. These things are everywhere. And here we have them right smack dab in the middle of the modern Christmas celebration. Mm. It's a feature. I just find that really, really, really kind of titillating. Titillating. Uh, That's my new word for today. Nice. Because why? Why? Why is that creature involved in the celebration of Christmas? Right. Is it the forked tongue and the cloven hooves and the backwards bending legs like a goat? You know, that just brings terror. Well, that's like a typical symbol of like through the dark ages. That's how... Um, demonic satan was depicted yeah, yeah. exactly the so devil was he's that. definitely mm-hmm. devilish mm-hmm. 
a lot of the giants we talked about, a lot of these, uh, de- maybe not demonic, but these uh, Nephilim, whatever they Alahim, are, yeah, whatever strange creatures, you know, that we've mm-hmm. talked about before, they are not so much devilish. Nope. They're, they're mm-hmm. creepy. They're hairy. Yeah. But they're not quite as devilish. They're not demonic. Right. So, so I know we've talked about in other episodes, we've talked about this kind of strange hypothesis. Hypothesize. We hypothesized what if these fallen creatures, whether they're, you can call them fallen gods, demons, uh, transdimensional beings, whatever. <laughs> anyway, they, where, whatever they were, they left where they were supposed to go. They messed around with human DNA by uh, cohabiting with women mm-hmm. or somehow interjecting their genetic material into the human race and caused a strange hybrid kind of chimeric kind of creature mm-hmm. that in the biblical context was taken care of by the flood. They they were destroyed. Basically, kind of, yeah. the main God, the main Elohim, the main whatever he is, the creator decided, hey, no, uh, you ain't going to mess up my what creation. So yeah. I'm taking you out. And that stuff comes around again and again. I mean, it's reoccurring. So apparently these beings, whatever they are, can still enter into our world our existence, our dimension, mm-hmm. and can still mess things up. And so I find it ironic that we come through this Christmas tradition, we end up on Krampus, mm-hmm. who ties us right back into Bigfoot and all of these mythological creatures that we've been talking leap. about. With a little leap. A little leap, but, it did, that. but it's a natural circle, mm-hmm. right? And whatever Krampus was, whether he was just the figment of somebody's imagination to scare mm-hmm. their children into compliance, or if he has an origin much deeper in the Druidic or Celtic kind of view, whatever it is, it's worth a thought. Right. And that launches us right back into the strangeness of Bigfoot that we've been talking about. It's true. Yeah. But it, it does put a little bit of a damper on the holiday season. Uh, you know, I'm not going to be dampered. I'm all about having a Merry Christmas and a Happy Holiday Season. Happy Hanukkah. Whatever your religious or non-religious celebration is for this time of the year, I hope the best for you. Right. I do wish you a Merry Christmas. I wish you a Happy Holidays. I send positive energy your way, whatever you want to call it. I just think this is a great time of year. I'm not a big fan of hanging Christmas lights on my house (laughs) or holiday lights. (laughs) Yeah, because it's it's a lot of work and it's cold. Although you developed your own little system. I did. He poked little holes in PVC. I did. And he, he strung the Christmas lights along the PVC. And then he made little hooks on his house and then he just flips the PVC pole up onto his house. Which works great as long as the lights in the PVC works. It was a lot of work mm -hmm. for maybe one or two years and then it quit working. Yep. Yep. And then you're back to what? Now you throw away Christmas lights lights. and PVC. You know what? I really like the the Grinch. Yeah. And he's like pulling. I love that. Kind of and then there's one strand one of lights strand of lights coming like off the house. Yeah. And then you're done. <laughs> I love that one and too. It's festive, it's fun, and mm-hmm. very little work. I yes! this Christmas music. It's joyful and triumphant. I do have to say, at this time of year, I usually wax a little bit sentimental. hmm I think about 
family that we've lost and friends that we've lost. I think about the happy times. I think about all the joys. And this, as I grow older, it becomes more sentimental. Right. I love watching my grandkids and my even my kids, kind of like watching them sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I just think it's a it's a really special time of year, whatever religious spin you want to put on it or not. It is. And in my wife and I, we kind of immediately started our own little tradition of everybody coming to our house mm-hmm. <laughs> Christmas morning. Just, you know, we'll bake all the waffles and the monkey bread or casserole and sausage and bacon and we'll have coffee and baileys and a big feast and we'll have a thing in the morning and and mimosas and coffee and all mm-hmm. kinds of stuff and we did that immediately so that we can establish <laughs> kind of a christmas tradition in our family because in your own unique family yeah yeah and, and we want to keep the positivity around and our family is a little bit of a unique family to begin with. Mm-hmm. So all of those things where we can all pull everybody together or as, pull as many people together mm-hmm. as we can, is important to us. And, yeah. and we try to do that every year. Oh, man. my the, I have the best memories growing up. You know, it, we spent it at Grandma Yu's house. Then we'd go to Grandma L's house. And Grandma and Grandpa, both places, would give us presents. And then we would go home. And then they would come over. All the grandparents would come over. And then we'd have my sisters. And, and it was, I mean, it was just awesome. Mm-hmm. And then when I got older, you know, we would have big Christmas parties. Yeah. And we would go to Grandma and Grandpa Yu's house and Grandma and Grandpa R's house. Right. And then we would all get together, you know, like a big family get together over New Year's. And we would all celebrate together. And we'd have, you know, 20, 30, 40 people there. Yeah. Sometimes it was yeah. like I got overwhelmed with the amount of people. I'd have to step out in the garage or go outside. Just to cool down, yeah. And I would get like overwhelmed and overstimulated <laughs> with all the people. Yeah, it was crazy. And it, but it was fun, you know, and I, I cherish those moments. Mm-hmm. So now, you know, my mom's gone. My, your mom's parents are both gone. And now you kind of miss those things. You, They're still very endearing, mm-hmm. you know, to think about. But also there's a little twinge of sadness because time moves so quick. Right. And traditions are important because that carries memories with it. So these traditions we talk about today, they carry memories. I, I kind of think of them as memory holders. Right. Whether it's a Yule log or the guy crapping in under the nativity. <laughs> it, it doesn't matter what it is. As long as you can get that warm, fuzzy feeling and remember and reflect about the love that you have for family and friends, that's what it's about. Exactly. Yeah. We can go on and on. Like I'd say at least half of what I mentioned today came from Grandpa John's house. Yep. You know, yep. the little orphan Annie guy, mm-hmm. the sleeping out under the stars on New Year's guy. And Grandma crazily cooking cookies and oh, everything else. She can cook and cook and cook. Oh, yeah. But the, all those memories come to you, mm-hmm. and it's kind of like you got to take it upon yourself to kind of project them into the future. Right. Carry you them know? on and pass them on. And not let uh, any change in circumstance or coronavirus like we just got a a group text about the way we're going to handle our our holiday situation Mm -hmm, with covid with covid and all that Mm -hmm. stuff and you can't let that stuff drag you down you got to keep it light whether it's you got to do a zoom meeting because you can't travel across the u.s Mm -hmm. or you got to quarantine for two days or you got to go get the swab up your nose so you can go see your family make sure that you do what's best for your family 
and what's best for you so you can carry on those traditions and enjoy your family and really pay attention to the things that matter. Yeah, and try to keep the lights on. I mean, this is the time of year and the kind of season with the kind of stuff that's been going on in the world that it's most needed. This is the time you shine. And we're hoping that Christmas tradition and this podcast and you guys going out and spending time with your loved ones will just crank up the amperage of light in this world right now because it needs it. Yep. And whatever your uh, little Christmas tradition is, whether it's the, oh, Aunt Betty's quiche or, you know, Uncle Paul's caramel popcorn or whatever you do, don't let those things die out because of uh, coronavirus or your circumstances. Pick them up. Right. Put some mistletoe. Hang it from a stick. Yep. Carry it around with you wherever you go and try to get arrested. And bump elbows. (laughs) And bump elbows. (laughs) Because you cannot make physical Uh, connections. Yeah, guys, it's a weird, (laughs) weird time. But I am so thankful we can do this podcast. And uh, we want to wish you the best and Mm -hmm. merriest happy holiday and Christmas and all of the others. And uh, we hope that you'll tune in next time again. Oh, yeah. As we move towards the last episode of Bigfoot. Yep, yep, yep. But anyway, till then, Austin, why don't you do the honors? So join us next time for some cold drinks and some strange conversations. Taters. Taters. Taters.